Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a podcast to help you save the vest and burn the rest of your culture and faith practices. That's right. And today we are talking about a very culturally relevant topic, as you've probably seen by the episode title. Guys, uh, we are hashtag relevant. <laughs> so relevant. Hashtag relevant millennials. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, yeah, so today we're going to be just chatting a bit about, well, pretty much just talking about Kanye West the whole time. Yeah, bro. Um, Jesus is king. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, I don't know. It's This is something I never thought. I never... This is We're living in the weirdest timeline, in my opinion. There's just so <laughs> many things happening that I'm like, what is, what is happening? Um, this is true. Yeah. yeah. And so Kanye releasing an album called Jesus is King. I'm just... I'm still shocked. I mean, Kanye's always had a really interesting uh, dance with faith. Like, he's always... Like, his most popular song, you know, with College Dropout was Jesus, Jesus Walks. Walks. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so, he's always had this really bizarre uh, relationship with God and faith. And it's also blended in with his, you know, ego issues and his bipolar. So, I, I'm really excited for this conversation. I'm really excited for what Jesus is King is bringing to the table. Um but yeah, no, it's I, I'm excited. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, it may be it may be because I've just had a cup of coffee, but hopefully that doesn't wear out toward the end of the episode. <laughs> I would be worried if your cup of coffee wore out within an hour. Yeah, that would mean that I had a problem, which I probably do. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, before before we get into that, before we just because I mean as well, I mean the thing about the whole Kanye West thing is the conversations it started, and that's sort of what we're going to be talking about as well. What the what we've seen come to light on social media and even in person discussions. Um, so anyway, that is what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, of course, we have to do the question of the week. <laughs> What's the question of the week? I don't know. No, okay. <laughs> if you had to live in a country for a year that's not Australia or New Zealand, in fact, I'm going to say, you have to live in a non-English speaking country for a Ooh. year. Which country is it going to be? I know the country that Karina would want me to say, but I'll say the country that this I want to say. Just you, Jesse. Just me. Oh, just me alone. Am I a hermit? Am I? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't think about that. No, but I no, mean, no. It's, it's entirely your decision is what I mean. I guess, no, okay. yeah, well, we're married. You have to take your wife. You have to take your wife. Okay, all right. I would say Iceland. Wow, why Iceland? Would, did that not, did that, did that come as a surprise to yeah, you? Yeah, it did, it did, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I was Iceland- I was 100% expecting France. Well, that's what Karina would want me to say. Or that Italy. is what Karina, yeah, yeah. Karina would definitely want us to live in France. She loves the country, obviously. Oh, for those of you who don't know, Karina is Mauritian and she's like third, she's like, First, second generation Mauritian and like third, fourth generation French. So um, Mauritius, for those of you who don't know, is a country off the coast of Africa that has heavy French, Indian and African influences. So that's... This is how I like to tell because I mean, I went to school with a lot of Mauritians and so they they, uh, they showed it to me. I remember them showing it to me on a map. And so Madagascar is an island off the coast of Africa. 
yeah. Mauritius is an island off the coast of Madagascar. This is true. <laughs> it's a tiny <laughs> little blip. So, Bro, yeah. there are so many people that I meet, they just have no idea where Mauritius is. It may as well be in a different timeline, like in a different dimension. <laughs> yep. It's it's surprising to me, but I don't know. It's just it's one of those little countries that not many people think about a heck of a lot. So, mm. understandable in a way. Um, but Iceland, yeah. I I love Iceland. It's a a Nordic country. I love the Nordic countries. Um, I would love to visit Scandinavia, but Iceland has always fascinated me. Um, first of all, because of its landscape. I love photography. Um, a few years ago, I was a really keen landscape photographer and I've always kind of had in the back of my head that I want to go back to actually getting to being a good landscape photographer. Mm. Um, but I also... There's something about islands... Uh, coastlines, coldness, yeah. uh, stark landscapes that just, I don't know, it just draws me in. For some reason, I don't know why. Um, maybe you should so, move to the South Island of New Zealand then. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should. But but the, um, so Iceland, the Faroe Islands, which are off the coast of Iceland, um, between Iceland and, and Norway, uh, and the like, the northwestern coast of Scotland have been like the places that I've wanted to go to. It's kind of like one of those fantasy places where if I could have everything I wanted, I would like live in a little cottage somewhere and write and play music and have like a vegetable garden and do something to survive. Wow, it's kind of like that idyllic lifestyle for me. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's yeah, that's for me what it would be. Your own little personal Eden. Yeah, mm. it's very... I don't know, it's kind of Ron Swanson a little bit. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yep. Probably not as much bacon as I imagine Ron Swanson would have, but anyway. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> My favourite <laughs> line you? in Parks and Recreation. Yeah. <laughs> I will take all the bacon you have when he goes into a restaurant. He's like, I don't know if you heard me. I don't want a lot of bacon. I want literally <laughs> your entire stock of bacon. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's a beautiful... I'm, from the pictures I've seen of videos, I've never been there, but um, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, you probably know my answer, but uh, I would be Japan. Yep, I think. Yep, that yeah. makes sense. I mean, there's other options I think about, but when I think about number one, it's probably Japan. Just why? Why is know. why Japan? Just culturally, I've always been fascinated by Japanese culture and um, the innovation as well that comes from Japan. I, I don't know. For me, it's always been something like culture and innovation are big things to me. And I don't know why, yeah, I've always been drawn to both their traditional and modern culture. So I would just love to mm. live there and understand it, the concept for a year. Um, mm. I think it'd be really cool. And yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know. Like as well the beautiful like countrysides and everything I've seen ain't seen from there. Yeah. It just seems like a really cool place to go go around. But yeah, mostly for culture is a thing. I would just love to yeah. learn about and understand why they think the way they think and why they do what they do and yeah. Mm. Which is no, that's cool. That's yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> and I don't know why. And this is a weird thing to be talking about, but there's always been this thing when Japanese people see me, they tend to they tend to really like taking photos with me in particular. I don't know why. <laughs> what? I've yeah. So whenever we had, at my school, we used to have Japanese exchange students, and every year they would come. They would always, the whole group would always single me out. I don't know why. And all get photos with me individually. <laughs> and then a huge group photo with just me. That is so weird. Even when I left the school and came back to visit, there was a group who came 
and they still were like, oh, hey, can we get a photo with you? And everyone's like, why do they want a photo with you? Like, I have no idea. Tourists, Japanese <laughs> tourists have so stopped weird. me on the street to get a photo with me. So I don't know if they, I don't have no idea. If maybe, anybody could give me any light to this, I would love to know. <laughs> maybe do they, do, do, do they, is it that you are like the perfect like exemplar of a gaijin? Like, is that, they're what, like, oh. What is a gaijin? I don't even know what that is. Oh, like a, a white person. Oh, okay. Didn't know that word. Yeah. Bro, I knew a Japanese thing you didn't know. I feel I feel very schmick. Um, <laughs> Nani? <laughs> Nani? <laughs> uh, um, maybe they think you're like the perfect representation of a white person. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe Even you this- have a face that looks like it's famous. Maybe that's like... Maybe that's what it is. Like you, you could, you look like you could be a famous person. Maybe, maybe. Like honestly, even just when I was in Sydney last time, I was walking through and there were some, there, there was, there were like so I walked out of this shop and there were these, um, I, I don't know exactly. They were Asian tourists, and they stopped and got their phones out and took photos of me as I walked past. I was like, what the heck is happening? Like they were literally <laughs> looking at me taking photos. Like they didn't say anything, so I don't know what. I, I don't know. I don't. I would love to go there and see if I could figure out that mystery in a year. Maybe you're like Homer Simpson from. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember that episode where he's like Homer everything in that company? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's like a Josh like product back in in Japan, which is like like you are ex- that exact person. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. So if anybody <laughs> can give me any light into this, or you think you might be able to, please get in touch. I would love that mysteries to be solved. Okay. Anyway, that's something I never yeah. thought I'd talk about on the podcast, but there it is. So that's hilarious. There it is. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. I love it. All right. Now to somebody else who gets lots of photos taken of them, Kanye West. Mm, good segue. Thank I like you. that segue. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So so Kanye. Um, I think it was a good. Well, I think we should backtrack a little bit. So Kanye West, um, should we even explain who he is to those people? I don't think there's any rock? point. <laughs> no. Okay. So Kanye West is a hip hop artist, and last year he was. Well, I mean, I'm not going to go into his whole backstory. <laughs> no. Okay. I was just like, we don't need to explain who he is. Yeah. Deal. And then straight away. So Kanye West is a hip hop artist. Like <laughs> anyway. But. Um, but last year he was set to release an album um, that was at that time entitled Yandi. Um, which kind of, I guess, plays on the whole like ye, ye, Yeezy, Yeezus, that sort of thing that he's got going for him. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And he cancelled the album or something happened. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Um, probably doesn't matter all that much. But it seems that in, um, I think he said March or April of this year, like early this year, he underwent... Um, kind of like a born-again Christian experience, which is quite interesting. The album Yandi was originally, it was supposed to be heavily gospel-influenced. So maybe that exploration into the gospel side of of music um, put him on this path for um, being a born-again Christian. Whichever way it happened, he had this conversion experience and this album, which was originally going in one direction, ended up going in a completely different direction. And to make a long story short, um, he set a release date for September. September came along and he didn't release it. Um, And eventually a month later, um, at the time of this recording, only a week week ago, um, early, well, late October, he releases this album, Jesus is King. 
Mm. Um, kind of out of nowhere. And uh, in true uh, Kanye fashion, quite just like, bam, here it is. Yep. Um, after a lot of speculation, is he actually going to release it? Is, <laughs> is this just going to be delayed to hell? He just <laughs> drops this album. Um, so... Mm. Is there, um, so let me, I think it's probably a good place for us to start is our personal impressions of the album. Like, what did we think of the album listening to it for the first time? Um, I'll, I'll start because I'm, yeah, go for did, it. Quick disclaimer I've never really been, if you know me, you know, I've never really been a Kanye fan. Um, I don't hate the guy or anything, but his, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I used to. I think I just used to disagree with him on some artistic principles, basically, and um, and you know, even the way he operated with certain things. And I mean, obviously, we're different people. We make different decisions. That's fine. Um, so I don't know. I've never. I've listened to his stuff that went mainstream, but I've never listened through his his albums. I have listened to a fair bit of um. What's the first one? Dropout. College dropout. College dropout. I have listened to a fair bit of that one. Yeah. But other than that, I didn't really listen to. I mean, that was like his breakout hit. That was like, yeah. hello world, I'm Kanye West sort of thing. Yeah, which is kind of why I listened to it, just to understand. And yeah, anyway, so but I've listened to a fair few of his songs and there was one album, oh, what was that? What was that album with, um, and it had that music video of him riding the motorbike with Kim Kardashian? Oh, was that Life of Pablo? That came out last year. I think it was early last year. No, it, it was out. before that. Was it before that? Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm going further back. All right, all right. It was very bizarre. I remember that was it was very bizarre because that was like the beginning of their relationship. If I if I'm correct, well, yeah. it could have been under my dark, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. whatever album that was. <laughs> Great yeah. research before the episode, Josh. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't. Whatever, whatever album that was. I remember listening to a bit of that and not really enjoying it at the time. Yeah, because it just. I didn't like his. I, I yeah. I, I don't know. I, I. Anyway, I don't want to sit here and rant about how much I hated his old style or whatever because that's not really what the episode is about. But basically, I haven't really been a Kanye fan, so I'm coming into this album kind of with a little bit of history of his mainstream stuff, but kind of fresh into a Kanye album. And so from the from the feedback I've heard, it's like not really like the rest of his stuff. Um, but I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. I found it like pretty uplifting. Mm. Um, some of the lyrics are a little bit confusing, not how I would pitch them. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I found it really fun. Very short. I wish it was longer. Those are like twenty seven um, minutes in total or something. Yeah. It's like two Hillsong songs. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> um, but not really. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Certainly kidding. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I was like, yeah. But I, I enjoyed, especially like, I don't know, the first track and God Is. Those are my two that I'm like, woo. They just mm. they just sound like a, they just sound like Kirk Franklin or that yeah. sort of thing. You know what I mean? That's yeah. So I enjoyed those two. I can see that. The most, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my... I don't know what other impressions to give. I can probably talk about it for a bit longer, but Jesse. Yeah. Oh, well, no, look, I, I, I have a, ooh, a little bit of a confused um, history with Kanye. Um, <laughs> I'm speaking like I actually know the guy. Um, <laughs> but I, I did like his College Dropout album. I kind of drifted off a little bit. I kind of enjoyed 808s and Heartbreaks. And then basically I stopped listening to him after that 
sort of like early early stage i think i i listened to kanye when i was a teenager because i mean college dropout came out in 2004 and i would have been what 13 or something like that when that came out um oh no like 11 12 so (laughs) it would have been a bit after that so i listened to kanye um in my teenage years and I, i i don't know i kind of feel like i listened to him a little bit just because it was edgy and you know he swore and um he was he was edgy and so i liked it because that was my edgy stage of listening to to music that my parents um disapproved of sort of thing um but i genuinely did like the guy uh as i said though i stopped listening after 808s and heartbreaks and um that was kind of considered the uh, enigma um of of all the albums that he's released kind of a little bit less um a little bit less kanye so like Coming into Jesus is King, for me, I was also kind of um, fresh as well because I, I, I didn't really have a good um, knowledge of his subject material in the last probably decade. You know, <laughs> literally all I thought about Kanye up until this album was um, Taylor Swift at yeah. the Grammy Award, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and yeah, It seemed to be at the center of so many dramas. That's right. That's right. And like back back in the day, um, saying that George W. Bush doesn't care about black people and all the various meltdowns that he's had over the years that have been quite public. Um, mm. Obviously, his relationship with Kim Kardashian. Um, there's a there's a great couple of um, best of Kanye in Keeping Up with the Kardashians, where you can tell that he just does not want to be in the show. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, by the way, the, the song and album I was referring to before was Bound 2, and the album was Yeezus. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, so that's a more of a recent one. Yeah. Well, 2013, six years ago. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah, that recent, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. That was the last, so that was the last Kanye I've listened to really before this. I, so, I guess for, for both of us, we kind of came into this a little bit fresh, um, and I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think it's just fairly neutral. We're kind of like, we are listening to this because of, uh, what it represents. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably the most, mostly the case. Um, I like hip hop, but in recent years, my hip hop tastes have been more like Andy Minio than, than Kanye. So that's just me. Um, so yeah, so Josh, when you started listening to the album, um, what were your first impressions of some of the songs? Were there any standout songs for you? Was it all kind of samey? What did you think of the lyrical contents, the themes, all that sort of stuff? What what, what jumped out at you? Well, I like the... I, I think it's sort of like... I mean, I will admit, Kanye has always been an innovator yeah. and a pioneer of things. Like, that's something you kind of have to admit. Um, whether it's good or bad innovation, Love him or hate that's him. just what he does. He yeah <laughs> um so i liked the idea of an album i think i've heard this album described as chop soul because it's like chopped up samples in a soulful oh. way and it's got like gospel yep. it's like cho- chopped soul gospel which is a new thing That's in very itself interesting. Um, you don't really find like even a lot of a lot of christian hip-hop artists they don't they don't chop and chop a lot of samples I mean a little bit, but not like not like no. this. Like it's like whole songs are just samples, um, or like the choir being sampled in and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I I remember the very first track caught me off guard because it feels like it starts 
it feels like it starts a song 30 seconds yeah. in. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it's like the very first second of the song feels like it should have been 30 seconds into the song. Like there should have been a warm up to it, but it just kind of breaks in. You're like, what the heck? And then I remember trying to rewind it. I'm like, oh, no, that's the actual, <laughs> that's the song. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I, I kind of, I found it a bit jarring between all the chat the tracks, but I think that's just the way maybe he does it. But I, I liked the, um, I love that first song, that yeah. every hour. Gets yeah. you pumped um, from the Sunday service choir. Um, yeah, I was pretty confused at first by the song Closed on Sunday, but after <laughs> reflecting over the lyrics a couple of times, um, I think I think I understand it now. Um, yeah, but no, I think I liked it. I found like the lyrics, um, some of them pretty, some of them a little bit like, uh, little bit, little bit, some of them a little bit whack, but nothing. Well, yeah, no, some of them a little bit whack, but a lot of it. I I enjoyed mm. and found it uplifting mm. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I had the same. I, Kanye's always, as you said, Kanye's always been a controversial character, not just in his music but in his personal life. And I think that I think that all contributes to the whole thing. I think his contra- his controversial nature, his bipolar, which he's been very open about, um, and his struggle with mental illness. I, I think in a in a really twisted. Um, sort of sad semi-sad way has all kind of contributed to making him the innovator that he is um you know i think mm-hmm. a lot of artists find uh, a lot of their best work in the darkness and i think kanye is no exception to that um and so you're right at, when i listened to it at first i was i was also confused but then it also drew me in in a weird way and ultimately i think the album left me wanting more you know, originally the track listing was a lot larger than this. There was uh, like four or five other songs that were supposedly going to be on the album, but they got cut for whatever reason, or they got maybe incorporated oh. or sampled into something else. Um, and it's interesting because, like, I, in some ways, Kanye, like Kanye, is very well known for being a really uh, finicky, particular sort of perfectionist, and so I think what's happened in some ways is he's just obsessed over this and he's just he's just cut this and cut that and tweaked this and tweaked that and i think i think what we have is is the result of somebody who's a absolutely baller perfectionist but also somebody who probably has a lot of self-doubt when it comes to what works and what doesn't work i think that really shows through in the tracks not just the tracks and the lyrics and all that sort of stuff which i think is it's all heartfelt. And I think that's one of the big things that um, I've really noticed is that everything, there's there's nothing that is mediocre in terms of the passion and the level of um, the level of passion that's in the, the, the actual tracks themselves, but also in the way that it's presented, like it feels like a full throttle album the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't relent. And then at the end of it, you it just feels like, what did I just go through? I went through this huge like roller coaster of emotions, um, and then it kind of just shuts it off, and you you kind of left going, "Where's the rest of it?" You know, <laughs> yeah, not yeah, in an yeah. incomplete way, but maybe, or maybe in an incomplete way. But I think more so in the sense that this is like the this is like the the Fellowship of the Ring, you know, in in some ways, like this is the start of his journey, and it's like, where the heck is he gonna where the heck is he gonna go from here? Um, oh, that's an interesting way to yeah. look at it. Trust you to bring a Lord of the Rings reference <laughs> into this. If I can, I will. 
Yeah, talking about Kanye West, but we need to quickly talk about Lord <laughs> of the Rings. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that's it's good. Um, yeah, like it's it's such a strange. I think for from the outside, it's the whole thing is just a strange tra- trajectory mm. for us. That like this guy who has been so controversial and yeah just so bizarre in so many ways that all of a sudden he's he's now working in our space like you know what i mean the christian space it's it's very sort of strange but obviously he's doing it in a totally different way um i think i'd like to talk about the sunday services Mm, yeah let's let's talk about um i don't yeah, because I remember at the beginning of this year when Kanye first started the Sunday services in, in like January this year, I remember just thinking that is, that's interesting because I know he's always sort of had this Christian background to him almost, um, and so I was like, oh, that's bizarre that he's he's sort of seems to be getting back into it. And I know he's talked about when he talked about the Life of Pablo album, he referred to that album as a Christian album with lots of swearing, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. something. Which I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like whatever, I can work with that. And then he started this Sunday services in January, and I remember um, watching an interview with, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel was talking with Kim Kardashian about it, and he was uh, this is like earlier in the year, and he was asking her about the Sunday services, and then the description of it at the time was sort of that it was invite only. Um, it was sort of moved around like mm. a tour and um, when Kim talked about it, she said like, because he was, Jimmy Kimmel asked an interesting question. He was like, are you worshipping God or Kanye or praying to who? And and then um, Kim Kardashian was like, no, there's no there's no preaching or praying or anything like mm. that. Um, it's just entertainment is basically mm. what she said. And I was like, oh, okay. So Kanye dislikes the gospel yeah. style, yeah. you know. But then... I watched an interview with her more recently, not since Jesus is King has come out, but I think after April is the key time. Um, and then she was saying that originally Kanye started doing that Sunday services for his own healing, mm. which was that interesting. interesting. He was like, he needed it. Um, so he just started doing it for himself. But she was like, now we have a pastor, mm. we have, um, you know, we we even perform at different churches and stuff and the pastor of that church will, they'll just still preach the word and everything. And, and we, we pray. And, um, in interviews I've heard like Kanye West talk about his life and how, you know, before he goes to bed every night, he reads the Bible and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I was like, ah, oh, I wonder if the Sunday services, even though when I looked at them, like, yeah, it was like kind of gospel music and that kind of stuff. And they were singing about God, but I, I don't know. I didn't know if they meant it or if it was just literally for the sake of entertainment. But I think clearly it must have been impacting him in a way. He just must have been on that journey. So he did it in the way that he knows how, which is get a whole bunch of amazing musicians together and some other celebrities and sing gospel music. And then over the course of that few months in April, I remember listening to an interview with him, the Beats 1 interview. And I wish I listened to the whole thing before this, but it's two hours. It's a long time. (laughs) Yeah, I still I still want to listen to the whole thing, but anyway, um, 
And he was saying that he had the, like, because they were asking him when his full conversion experience was. And he, he didn't really explain the story. He just said it was like at Coachella when he was getting his hair dyed and it felt cold or something. And he's like, I didn't like that. And I'm like, and that's about the extent of the story. I was like, okay. it was a weird story. <laughs> right, I remember that. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll tell the story somewhere else. But that's kind of kind of the way conversion stories work funnily enough you go on this weird journey with jesus in the background for a long time and then all of a sudden something random will yeah. happen and next minute you so at the same time it's not that yeah. surprising um it's like when my cousin tells his conversion story and he talks about how he fell in the mud somewhere in western australia his face went in the mud and when he looked up he saw jesus or something and now he's a seventh-day adventist <laughs> totally nothing to do with my family because he's not on the adventist side whatever so well he is but not mm. yeah anyway it was very random but that's just how it is sometimes and um i don't know i think that kanye maybe yeah maybe doing these sunday services i think over time with his conversion they've actually become more like an actual yeah. church yeah. yeah yeah i think it's been a process and i'm so glad you brought that up because i mean we could sit here talking about you know is is this a christian album is it good for you to listen to if you're a Christian? Is this appropriate for your kids? Blah, 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 blah. And I think probably the answer is yes to all of those um, without, you know, delving into it too much because there's no swearing and there's no sexual uh, imagery or anything like that. And there's barely even any rapping, yeah, really. Yeah. There's like one, maybe two tracks. Even with what you could call even rap, when the so- the parts where Kanye is singing, like he's singing, it's all—it's more like Post Malone than it is like, yeah, Kanye <laughs> in some places. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying rap isn't Christian. No. I think it is. But I know some people... Some people's sensibilities like that, so. aren't really down with it. It's probably the most yeah. accurate way to describe it. <laughs> down with it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just thought I would mention that uh, just in case anybody brings me yeah, up on that. Yeah. But anyway. But I, yeah. I think you brought um, up something really interesting there, which is that the way that Christianity is kind of is is moving right now, like this is this is coming in as a disruption. Um, people aren't quite sure what to do with it because of Kanye's past and because of some of the things that he said and because of his struggles with mental illness and a lot of this stuff which has been very much in the public eye. But when you look at what he's actually saying and the fruit that he's displaying, then it's really hard to say that he's not a Christian because he is Mm. absolutely 100% for all intents and purposes, what we can see right now, he is sold out for Jesus. Like his album is literally called Jesus is King. I don't know how much more Christian you can get than that. Like seriously. Even his merch, (laughs) as questionable as his merch is, if you haven't seen it, well, I probably won't be up by the time you listen to this, unfortunately. Yeah. But if you can find screenshots of the Jesus is King merch, we might even share some. Yeah, on we might share some media. on the social because it's just so it's funny. A lot of it is really funny. It's I hate it. But <laughs> <laughs> I hate the aesthetic of it. But even that has Jesus. Oh yeah, all over big it, big time. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jesus is King, all that stuff. I don't know. I think it. it I couldn't. If somebody else was like this, I'd be like, oh yeah, they're a Christian, but because yeah. it's Kanye, it's everybody's like, wait, what? Is this real? Is he is he just acting? Is it just a phase? Because that's the thing as well. Kanye has gone through so many yes. phases. 
with something he'll just be really into something for a little bit and then he'll he'll drop off and yeah. do something yeah. else it's kind of like the classic artist sort of criticism of oh this is just a phase this is just what they're into right now like they'll just get over it you know i think i don't think we value the phase i think we kind of criticize the phase a little bit because it's seen as something which is just in the moment and emotional but we don't really respect where it's at yeah and it breaks my heart when Christianity to anybody is just a yeah. phase, let alone just an artist or like, you know, Kanye. But I mean, I don't remember seeing this much backlash with Chris Pratt saying he's a yeah. Christian now. Yeah. We sort of did an episode we on did. that a while ago, mostly about his diet. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I think oh, I need to stop saying I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's the reality. I, I, we don't know Kanye. We don't actually know yeah. his journey and yeah. story. He's shared and... For me, I think I'm. I don't. I. I am not sure what the what the benefit is of ever being skeptical of somebody's faith. Yeah. Well, I think. I think Maybe you can shed some light. Well, on that. no. I think the the fear is the phrase "sheep in wolves' clothing." Oh no, wolves in sheep's uh. clothing. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think like a false. Prophet, yeah, almost. I think that's the. I think that's the the fear. I think the fear is that um, Kanye's Christian now everything's great and then all the Christians are going to flock to him and then he's going to do something to be subversive or do something to um, disrupt or upset the Christian uh, conversation, the um, the dialogue, the narrative. I'm not sure. Uh, that's It's always very vague because we talk about this, especially in our faith tradition, we talk about people being um, or antichrist behavior like there's a mm. there's a whole bunch of good and then there's a little bit of bad and that little bit of bad oh, makes yeah. the whole thing bad and so uh, we yeah. we i think we're always constantly being um told and taught that you have to be skeptical and wary of everything because you don't want to be deceived because we see this whole narrative of you know we have to find the truth and then if there's a little bit of untruth in the whole thing then that could just upend the entire story. I think that's the fear. Mm. Um, Which is kind of funny because I would say that not everybody is as as skeptical of Kanye West's faith as they are of everybody else's faith. Right. <laughs> so the the amount of scrutiny they're putting Kanye West's faith under, do they do that to everybody? Or are they only doing it to Kanye? I do not want to meet the person who puts everybody under that level of scrutiny <laughs> but yeah. i get what you're saying yeah 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 because it feels like if you're gonna if you're gonna be skeptical of one person's faith don't you need to be yeah. skeptical of, of everybody's faith to that same yeah. degree and to what when when is it proven to you is an interesting concept to think yeah. about as well i feel like this conversation it doesn't have a very good ending because all we can no. do is sit here and just postulate about his fruit and the decisions that he's made and the things that he's saying. But as you said before, so rightly, we don't know the guy. You know, we don't know what his home life is like. We don't know what his marriage is like. We don't know what his, his you know, fatherly, um, his relationship to his children and his, his all that sort of stuff. We just don't know. So who are we to mm. sit here and throw arrows at a public figure um, when there is just so much that we will never know because it's none of our business, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get, I, I do get what you were saying now about the whole wolf in sheep's clothing yeah. thing, wolf among sheep, and I guess that does that does make sense. Yeah. 
but it just feels it just feels bad to see somebody come to faith and then use everything they have to to share that faith and every single interview he's like looking for opportunities to bring up god which is what we tell each other we should be doing all the time like he's literally doing that Yeah, and yet people are still like, I don't know, we're gonna we're gonna see his fruits, you know, or whatever. They're like he's released a whole gospel. Yeah, that's album. the fruit. The fruit's right and there. He's telling people <laughs> he started his own church. Okay, I don't know if I agree with him starting his own church because I feel like if you're new to the faith, you should sit under and learn yeah. from others. But at the same time, with his sort of celebrity status, I can see why that would also be Absolutely. challenging. And his his innovation and art artist art, artistry. Artist- Artistry. I don't know what I'm... Yeah. Um, I can see why that would be difficult for him in a way. And maybe he is doing yeah. that. I don't know. But he... I, I think... I, I find it... I found it weird to hear that he was preaching at Sunday right. services. Because um, I'm thinking, if you've only really been taking this seriously since April and you started these services in January, why are you preaching? Yeah. Like, get someone else to preach who's been in it a bit yeah. longer... And to to be with you and mentor you into yeah. that even, but again, it's Kanye. Yeah, I can't really tell Kanye what to do. The guy's a billionaire. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Whole empire. I think I think though yeah. that there is a um a broader cultural conversation that we need to have around this though, um because look the reality is everybody's talking about this. Um, I just recently listened to um the record. In Australia, did a really excellent live stream, um, Jared and Mary Ellen. Uh, so shout out to you guys. They great did a great team. job talking about this. Um, everybody's talking about this, but I think there is a broader cultural phenomenon going here, going on here. And I think, I think it it has to do with some of the things that we've actually covered on this podcast uh, in the last few months. You know, uh, I think it was last year or it was early this year, something like that. We covered um, um, Bill Hybels' Fall from Grace. Um, we've also covered, um, Josh McDowell, Marty Sampson, and there have been a whole bunch of other, um, Christian leaders who have kind of fallen by the wayside, fallen from grace. Um, and, and we're seeing more and more great leaders, uh, who have been cultural and spiritual fathers to thousands, if not millions of people kind of fail, um, James, uh, guy from Harvest Bible Fellowship, um, McIntyre or Macintosh or something like that. Um, basically he wanted to put out a hit on people and he got fired because he did some really bad stuff. Um, you and Mm -hmm. I both lived through the rise and fall of Mars Hill Church, um, Mark Driscoll and and all that sort of controversy surrounding it. I think that folded in like 2010. Mm. Um, and, and as well, uh, to highlight another thing that went on in our tradition, uh, hashtag GCAC19, um, annual council, which oh, is not, I mean, this podcast isn't about that, but the thing that really, um, the thing that I really noticed out of that was established religious institutions trying their hardest to exert their authority to their constituency um so if if you're an adventist and you have all kept up with what happened at annual council this year you know that um the whole thing basically revolved around the adventist church's um statement on abortion which 
a lot of people criticize for various reasons, which we won't get into now because it's just way too long. Um, women's ordination particularly was also hit on because apparently that's what you do every time the world church comes together. You got to talk about women in ministry. Um, there were warnings, reprimands, which got downgraded into into warnings. No, the reprimands that got downgraded yeah, into warnings. Yeah. Um, to, to various conferences and, or unions, rather, that were seen as being out of compliance. But where I'm going with this is what we're seeing is I think we're seeing religious institutions really failing at being authoritative and being legitimate and being um, seen as respected and um, worthy of our trust. Whether you're an Adventist whether you are an evangelical, whether you're Catholic, whatever it may be. Um, we have many, many different reports, royal commissions uh, on, on child sex abuse in the Catholic Church, and not just the Catholic Church as well. There's many other churches, including our own, that have failed in, in that area. And so it's interesting that Kanye West comes into the scene at this time saying, this is what Christianity is to me. And the rest of us Christians in the normative Christian tradition are sitting around going, oh, I don't know if it's legitimate. I don't know if it's true. When our own spiritual and cultural authority is failing. Um, wow. It's almost like Kanye is coming into the scene and saying, here's a brand new way to do Christianity. Here's a brand new way to think about it. And the rest of Christianity is just sitting around in this crumbling cathedral, criticizing Kanye um, I didn't mean for that all to be. <laughs> um, nice. Alliteration? Alliteration, yeah. I didn't mean for that. Yeah, nice. Nice um, alliteration there. Very preacher. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that there's this really interesting... You have You have religious and spiritual institutions that are trying their hardest to exert their authority. And they're failing because people aren't taking them seriously anymore. And people are taking people like Kanye more seriously when a couple of years ago, the tables were turned. Like people who were normative Christians, all all for um, the religious institutions. And of course, that's been, fa- you know, that's kind of been fading. We, we live in a post-enlightenment world. We live in a post-modern world. Um, so there's a, there's a much deeper, much longer tradition of um, religious institutions no longer being as respected as they once were but it's almost like Kanye is here in this in this in this world and he's saying look you don't have to be shackled by the religious institutions that are saying this and that and the other thing you don't have to like this is a new way to be christian and i know that he's not actually legitimately like legit saying that like he's he's a new christian mm-hmm. he's a baby christian he's he's just experiencing and expressing what's real for him but it is interesting the way that the church is reacting to this. Um, and I just wonder, I just wonder if there is a new subculture, new Christian subculture emerging to rival the normative culture and how the normative culture is going to respond to that. Um, I know that's, yeah, it's a very long-winded sort of thing, but I think that that is, that there is that broader cultural um, phenomenon that's going on. I think Kanye is just symptomatic of where we are in Christianity right now. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, hadn't even thought of that. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And that's not to say all religious institutions and, and everything and systems yeah. are failing. There are heaps that are still doing good. But it's just when there are some that are failing, they're the ones that get the limelight. And then all of a sudden people feel like it's it's all of the systems are failing. And that's why I think a lot of people lose confidence in religious organizations. And when they see an individual rise up and do mm-hmm. something, well, they'll be like, well, he's made a lot of... We already know all the mistakes he's made. He's been public about them. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost like, a, well, what have we got to lose? Uh, but, yeah, I I... I find that really interesting and I wonder what sort of continued impact the way Kanye goes about his Christianity will have on the yeah. world. Because he's also been really big on things like sustainability mm. and bringing jobs back to America and that kind of thing, which is whatever you think of that. I'm not, I, ha- I have no interest in getting into American <laughs> politics at all. <laughs> um, but I like his thoughts on sustainability and his whole thing about, you know, building these factories and stuff in America and cotton fields and that kind of thing and um or more cotton fields yeah. but and he's buying all this what was it like twelve thousand yeah, acres or something in, in middle america or something, or something? Yeah. yeah so just yeah nuts um but i think like that's what you do i when think you're like we're seeing this it's not just kanye because i mean our most popular episode almost to date is um just a few weeks ago with Shan- chantelle smith and that's all about how she's been part of this religious institution and it's just not vibing with her anymore. And that was, you know, possibly our most controversial episode so far because it's about somebody who's quitting the Adventist church. It's, well, quitting the job at least. Um, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even, not even over theology. It was just yeah. practice. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's not just Kanye. Like, I think I think what we're doing is we are rethinking what it means to practice spirituality. What does it mean to practice being part of a tradition? Um, you know, and many many of our parents and many of us are still very much married to the religious institutions that we grew up in. It's kind of it's like comfort zone. It's like, you know, even for me, when I when I certain when I think of certain aspects of my Adventism, it's just kind of like that nostalgic feeling of like you're feeling safe and warm because this is the place where you grew up and this is familiar and it's nice and it's there's history there and it's it's kind of nice. Um, but I also know that there's part of it that makes me go, oh man, I re- you know really struggle with it. Um, and as as we all do, I think we all struggle with our our faith tradition um, to some level. But I think what we're seeing is we're seeing more of a permission giving. And maybe that's what Kanye represents. Maybe Kanye represents people actually being able to have permission to express their faith and their spirituality in new and different ways. And for that to be okay. Like it's okay. It's okay for Kanye to not affiliate himself with a specific denomination or a a movement right now. He may in the future, but right now that's okay. Um, It's okay. Can yeah. you imagine what would happen if he all of a sudden became a oh Seventh Day Adventist? Word. He was like, "I want to be a Seventh Day Adventist." <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would... I couldn't even imagine how just like jarring that would be. I I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Every second of it, I would love him announcing it. I would love him like Ted Wilson writing a statement <laughs> about it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just it would be so strange and bizarre, but. What would our church even do with that kind of innovator? And if our church isn't built to handle that kind of innovator, is our church is there something we need to change uh, then? 
the answer is yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not comparing Chantel with Kanye. I'm just talking about her because she's, you know, she's recent in our conversation. But she's an innovator. She's doing kind of controversial things. Some of some of the videos that she's put on her YouTube channel, super controversial, at least in a clickbaity way. And she talks about stuff that a lot of people aren't willing to talk about. Um, mm. The church couldn't really handle it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. If our church can't handle it, how can we yeah. change it to make it so that we can? What can we bring so that we can handle, you know, the fu- if in the future, if we get more Chantels, yeah. which I pray we do, and I think we yeah. do have, how do we empower them? And how do we make the, how do we make it so that our church can handle innovators? Like imagine getting an innovator like Kanye West. How do we then bring it in, empower someone like that while still grounding them, you know yeah. what I mean, in, in the gospel and in the in the truth of, of the Bible and that kind of thing. But then at the same time, being able to unleash their creativity. Because Kanye, he's just like, even one of his songs was like, um, what's the lyric? Um, I'll, I'll work until the whole world is healed. Right, yeah. But that's He's so passionate about more yeah. people finding Jesus and finding what yeah. he has. And I love that passion. I would want to like, capture that fire and then release it and, and fan it into an even bigger flame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know for me, if we're not, if we're not allowing for innovation, I don't know if, you, if this is, if this is where you were going with all this, but it's just what I'm riffing on right now. Do it. <laughs> then we, then that's just, we need, we need to systems are helpful, but if systems pro- prohibit innovation, it's not a good system. Yeah. It's not a it's not a kingdom centric system if it can't handle innovation for the sake of the gospel. I agree, I agree, and I think that I think that again that's that's all part of this conversation. Um, one of the things that I'm really thankful for, where we live in New Zealand, is that there is there is one an encouragement for innovation, and there's also two a more mm-hmm. of a hands off approach when it comes to that innovation. I mean nobody. Nobody told us to start this podcast, and yet our local um, Adventist conference officials—they've been very supportive of us doing this. Um, yeah, they haven't told us to stop, even when we've done that's controversial right. things. Yeah, and I think that's—I think that's yeah. something which has really helped us innovate more and helped us to have the confidence to um, talk about things that need need to be talked about without fearing, like, oh, is this? Am I going to get my wrist slapped? You know, like. Whereas mm. I think in some parts of the world and in some faith traditions, that just isn't there. And so I think what we need to probably um, really advocate and fight more for is for that trust and hands-off approach of we're going to trust you, the artists, the innovators, the pioneers to break new ground and and to mentor and to encourage uh, and to hold accountable from a afar. You know, because we have been. We have had conversations with um, higher up officials in our church about some of the stuff and it's been really encouraging. But there's also been some areas where um, people have said, hey, what about this? What about that? Um, did you really think this through? And that's great. And and as innovators and artists, we should always welcome that. Um, but it's never within the context of, oh, you better be careful. You better represent the church well. You better not speak out of turn. Like it's never been in that context. Yeah. So shout out to North New Zealand Conference. Shout out to New Zealand Union Pacific. Said it, I've said it wrong, but they know what I mean. Shout out to South Pacific Division. You're all great. We love all of you. If any of you are listening, you're the real MVP. Oh, 
What a warm, fuzzy feeling that is. <laughs> so everybody, if you're listening, clap along. Unless you're driving, please then don't. don't. Please clap along. Unless you want to pull over. Unless you're driving along, a Tesla. Then keep driving. Oh, mm. true. I wonder if we have anybody listening <gasps> to this from a Tesla. Oh my goodness. Take a photo. I would really love to see that. And you can take a exactly. photo while you're driving because <laughs> I feel so uh, wrong. It's so funny. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so look, I think that I think the Kanye phenomenon, I mean, Kanye's always been a phenomenon in wet, love him or hate him. Kanye's always been a phenomenon. He's look, he's a billionaire. Yeah. He is a hustler. He's hardworking. He is influential. Um, so whether you like this album, whether you even listen to this album or not, this is going to have an impact on the culture because that's just what Kanye does. And I think that we as Christians shouldn't make the mistake of just jumping on him because now he's a Christian, like we do with so many other Christian celebrities. Um, but I think at the same time, I think we should be really intentional about listening to where he is and understanding where this journey is going to take him and where this journey is going to take culture. Because honestly, I think Jesus is King is an incredible um, piece of artistic work. And I think it's going to allow many more people to be introduced to the King, Jesus, through through it. Um, what? Yeah, I mean, I saw a I saw a little handwritten note, and it was like in a prayer request box, and it was like a praise report, and it was like, "Praise God, my son came back to church because of Kanye's oh new word. album." Oh, that's that's and look at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah, it was epic. <laughs> Like I was so I was like oh, yes it worked even just even if it's just for Absolutely. a little bit or whatever it's still a chance. So I think know? we should definitely take Kanye seriously. We should take um, faith innovators seriously. Uh, I don't think we should look look <laughs> coming from an Adventist point of view. Who I took a lot of notice with general uh, general conference annual council this year. I you know I was disheartened in many different ways and. We chosen not to do an episode on annual council this year just because it's like, I don't know, there's so much going on, but also it's just kind of like depressing in some ways. But I think having Kanye <laughs> come out just after annual council has really helped me. <laughs> you know? <it's laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I deliberately didn't pay attention to annual council this year. I chose to shut yeah. off from it. And I'm glad I did. I got some highlights yeah. later. That's all you but, need. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So- this is probably the most you'll get about annual council yeah. this year is just a hidden in a Kanye episode. <laughs> Maybe we should title this episode Ted Wilson versus Kanye West. <laughs> like an no. epic rap battle. Can you imagine? An epic rap battle. <laughs> but no, um, I think that I think that we should really pay attention to where culture is going because I think more and more um, people are coming to a spiritual awakening in some cases on their own or... At, at the very least, in ways that we don't necessarily think are viable. I mean, who would have thought that Kanye, all of a sudden, would come to a spiritual awakening and have a conversion experience like what he's had? Like, nobody saw that coming. Like, it's, so, it's such a bizarre thing. Um, and so I think that's a testament not only to the spirit of God, but also to the spirit of the age. Um people may not be coming to church anymore, that people may not be coming to religious institutions as much as they were, but that doesn't mean that people aren't spiritually hungry. I think they are. And I think uh, Jesus is King is a good example of that. So I think it's up to us as Christians to recognize the spirit of the age, the zeitgeist, if you will. And I think it's up to Mm -hmm. us to um, 
figure out ways that we can actually speak into that. Um, people are still hungry. They're hungry for spirituality, but they're also hungry for good art. And I think that's, you know, Kanye's kind of done a double whammy in that case of producing an album that is both spiritual, spiritually fulfilling and also just good art. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to say as well, before we sort of wrap the episode up, I whether Kanye's conversion is 100% real or he's faking it, Again, we don't know the guy. Maybe he is an amazing actor and that's the case. <laughs> I'm choosing to be optimistic about it personally and maybe it won't last. I'm not sure. But right now, I'm happy and it has been, if nothing else, an amazing reminder of the grace of Jesus Christ that even somebody like Kanye West, <laughs> you know, could turn around, become a Christian and release a whole gospel album, be running his own church for me, uh, that is just, it's its exactly the kind of story that I want to hear again of, of the grace of Jesus Christ that anybody, you know, anybody can come to Jesus and be have their whole lives turned around. And that propels me to think, well, who else? Who else could there be? You know what I mean? Who, who else can we, who else can we be sharing yeah. this with? Who else can we be showing this to? How can that not be just exhilarating for yeah. you? I mean, at the end of the day, Kanye has his own choice and his own journey. He, we all have freedom of choice. And if he chooses to stay in it, hallelujah. If he chooses to leave, that's his choice. But right now, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful that this has happened. And I'm just thinking, what an incredible testament to, to the amazingness and goodness of God. Mm. Amen. So that's good, me preaching. Good place to I'm end it. I think that's a, that's a good note to end it on. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Let us know. Um, what do you think of the album? I know we've kind of asked that on social already, but we'd love to hear. Or what do you think of this whole whole shebang? <laughs> um, we just love to hear from you. So make sure you get in touch. You can. The best way to get in touch with us and find all things Burn the Haystack is, of course, burnthehaystack.org, my friends. So make sure you head over there. And if you haven't already, um, please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And um, we released a new episode every single week, so you will never be bored. Um, and if you haven't already, please uh, give this a rating or a review on whatever podcatching app that um, you use. Uh, but if you don't have a podcatching app that can leave a rating or a review, um, please go over just to iTunes.com and, and you can get do one over there. That'd be really, really awesome. Thank you. Mm, yeah, that's it. We love reviews, so make sure, make sure you make sure you take the time to do that. But to finish off, remember my friends, you're amazing and we love you. That is Josh and Jesse out! Recording. I am recording. Ricardo. Yeah. Bro, I tell you what, I was so I was so pumped yesterday because um so you know with a guitar how you have yep. guitars with pickups. So they yep. have the bo- the bass has the pickup and then yep. there is a little um screw that connects to the back of the inside of the guitar. You may not know that because you probably haven't ha- had happen what I had happen. But basically, so you have your pickup. There's cabling that runs from the actual pickup controls to the base of your guitar. And then there's yep. like a nut at the base of that, which screws into 
a, um, a screw that basically holds the, the pickup in, in place. Um, what happened was that screw came loose. And so the bottom of my guitar, it's about that long. It's just mm-hmm. a screw. Mm-hmm. And that's attached to like the little knob at the end where you, mm-hmm. you know, with your strap. That came loose. And so every time I was using my guitar strap, it was actually coming out. And oh. it was so annoying. So, yeah. so what I had to do, which I haven't done for ages, is I had to um, take all the strings off and try and get my hand through the sound hole. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't get my hand through because my, uh. my arm's too fat. So <laughs> so I had to get yep. Karina to do it. So she literally had to twist her arm through and Whoa. she went all the way below her elbow into the guitar so that she could just screw it back in. It's so bizarre. Wow. So now I know if that ever happens to anybody, I know exactly what to do. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I don't even Yeah. I'm still kind of confused as to what screw you're talking about, but I'd probably have to I'd probably have to have a look in my guitar or something to figure out. I'm I'm assuming it's not the same for every guitar, but Yeah. Yeah, that's just how it is for mine. Cool. Yeah. So well, it was glad just, you fixed it. it. You know, it's just, you know when you get one of those things that just annoys you for like ages and then you finally figure out how figure out how to fix it. Yeah, it's the best. Karina was like, just take it to the shop. And I was like, I don't want to pay money to do something that I can probably, maybe, possibly do myself. And then I actually did it. And that was great. Uh, I mean, acoustic guitars, you got to be pretty... Like, electric yeah. guitars, you can't really... I mean, you can, but... Like, it's kind of hard to stuff them up too much. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all just... It's like just straight engineering and just unscrew this, screw this in jiggle this into place or whatever this cable goes to that thing like it's but acoustic guitars there's a lot more that can go wrong yeah you know yeah (laughs) i think i think the thing that really helped me out is the fact that i'm a violinist and so violins uh, are even more fiddly and intricate so it's so much easier to retune and to restring a guitar than it is to restring a violin yeah, I actually have no idea how to how to even where you would even start. It's the same principle. It's the same principle. You have tuning forks, tuning pegs, um, yeah. but the thing you have to worry about is it has a bridge, and at the base of the bridge there are extra little controls. So you're you're tuning the tuning yeah, the fine pegs. tuning yeah, yeah the, you're, you're tuning the tuning pegs, but you're also having to do fine tuning at the same time, and then yeah. you have to make sure that you have your bridge in the right place and make sure that you don't have it slightly slightly wonky because then when you tighten it up it'll either fall over or it'll break mm. yeah I used to have an electric guitar that had fine tuning on it as well oh that's awesome I've never seen yeah. that before yeah it's a it's a thing I, I I thought I would like it initially but I I ended up hating it because oh. you can't basically at the top of the guitar there's like a lock that'll basically once you tune your guitar oh, in yep. it locks the tuning into place yep. so then all you have to do is use the little fine tuning knobs down the bottom to make sure it's like in tune but you couldn't, like, to retune the guitar to drop D or something. You had to undo the whole lock, retune the whole oh. thing. Yeah, it was just a mad hassle. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I didn't... The guitar annoyed me a lot, so I ended up selling <laughs> it. But, yeah, I like my new electric a lot better. But, anyway. Yeah. 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 Oh, very good. Very good. <clears throat> very good. All right. I don't have a question of the week, but I'll see what comes to my head. All right. <clears throat>